I'm Randy Tobler, along with Anton, in for Leah. She's in a weightlifting competition, competition so we'll all be rooting for Leah to uh, lift uh, over, over her very best. Best her best. Because everyone here on News Talk STL always does their best every day. Right, Anton? Glad you're filling in today, man. Good to have you here. So Anton is uh, in pushing the buttons, making sure everything stays straight as we try to uh, figure out where, where, where in this crazy world are we going? A deep, deep chasm between, I think, the the Antifa and the entire rest of the country will result as a result of what we saw in Memphis overnight yesterday, the body cam footage released. Uh, and of course, earlier this week, the five officers involved in this horrendous, horrendous, brutal beating on this uh, 29-year-old Tyree Nichols. It was an amazing thing to watch last night. It was difficult to watch. Um, and Antifa, of course, uh, with organized rallies around the country, uh, not only uh, on this event, but of course, last week's Atlanta riots, uh, still people scratching their heads. Are we looking at a uh, essentially a uh, an anarchist militia? And I think that is uh, one of the questions I'll be talking with Sergeant Betsy Brantner Smith of the National Police Association about in uh, in the next segment. We'll also be talking with Paul Siegert this morning. You know, he's our healthcare expert in terms of how to access healthcare and the problems with the system. Um, Paul works diligently and along with yours truly is on a mission to try to disrupt the medical industrial complex that takes your money as high premiums, high deductibles, high copays, high coinsurance and leaves you broke. In fact, so many million Americans are on uh, are on the glide path to to uh, insalvageable death. Uh, debt because of uh, the the healthcare crisis. We'll be uh, talking with him uh, with uh, Paul about that at the 7:25 block. Virginia Cruda from the Daily Wire joins us at 7:45. Of course, Virginia, a prolific uh, author. There, you see a lot of the pieces she writes on News Talk SGL, and you hear her as well. We look forward to our visit with her. I'll be talking with uh, David Stockman. You remember in the Reagan Revolution, David Stockman was the director of Office of uh, Management and Budget, and also. Uh, really one of the allies, along with Art Laffer, of course, the Laffer curve fa uh, claim, uh, fame. And, of course, we saw that uh, really come to fruition with Donald Trump. Um, Steve Moore came out with a great piece last week that really uh, reiterated the point that when you when you let people keep more of their money, 
the economy soars. The economy just soars, and it did under Trump. And in fact, those uh, those tax cuts more than paid for themselves with the money that came into the federal government. Uh, and uh, it, part of the reason that uh, Joe Biden can boast about all of the debt reduction he's doing, it's really amazing. Thank you, Donald Trump. It doesn't you. Sleepy Joe, wasn't you? Uh, we talk with David Stockman, who's out with a new book at 8.05. And then 8.25, we talk with, uh, this will be a replay of a of a uh, interview I did last week on the weekday show um, uh, out in mid-Missouri uh, with uh, Andrew Bailey, the new Attorney General Andrew Bailey. And you may have heard about the incident that happened a week ago uh, on the diversity breakfast in Columbia, where Columbia Public School uh, middle schoolers were in attendance for a diversity breakfast to celebrate and to um, pay tribute to and memorialize and to and to really uh, uh, give awards and receive awards uh, on writings concerning um, the civil rights uh, issue that uh, that Martin Luther King, of course, was so so instrumental in really turning this country around in terms of, of, of our civil rights. And um, that's normally what that breakfast is about. And that's mostly what it was about until the end when some drag queens came out and performed. And here we had 11 to 14-year-olds uh, watching this without their parents' knowledge. And uh, the AG, Bailey, the new AG, of course, who replaced Andrew, uh, uh, Terry, uh, Eric Schmidt, and um, he weighed in on it. Uh, as did uh, Governor Parson. We talked with Andrew Bailey. And then Scott Powell, a real patriot and an author on Newsmax. He's a contributor there frequently. He has a new article out as well, uh, the eight-step plan to uh, help wrest America back from uh, the woke left. So uh, plenty to talk about this morning. And, of course, the number, if you want to join this program, is 314-912-1019. 314-912-1019. Love to have you join in. Give Anton a call, and he will uh, certainly uh, take your call, and then we'll get you on the air because there's lots to talk about, of course. Um, so I'm going to... Uh, Anton says, I've got a technical problem here. I'm going to take care of the mic, and I'm going to mute this mic. Anton, there you go. See? There we go. All right. Now we're straightened out. All right. So let's talk about uh, the Paul Pelosi video. I don't know if you saw it. I saw it over and over, took a look at it. I've had people tell me, well, why was he smiling as he answered the door uh, this all recorded on the body cam with the crazy, uh, the crazy guy, uh, you know, the immigrant, the illegal immigrant from, from Canada. Uh, well, maybe he had a card at this point, uh, but the guy clearly is uh, is uh, is sick. Uh, but Paul Pelosi answers the door. He looks very tentative. Uh, there is a, he both men have their hand on the hammer you can tell that Paul Pelosi, I think, is is trying to placate a crazy man and prevent him from doing what ultimately happened. Was horrified as I watched it. It was just, uh, it was just unbelievable. Um, you could see it in a matter of oh, a second or two. Uh, Paul Pelosi, I think, was trying to telegraph to the officers like this guy is a loon. Do something. Uh, and I think instead of running away, because I was afraid, I, I, if I was in that position, I could see being very fearful that uh, if I didn't try to restrain him, he would get me. 
and instead of, you know, and if I tried to run away, he'd get me on my way out as I separated from him. That's the way I interpret the video. I don't believe based on just the, the body language there and um, the tentative nature of that 911 call. I think you got a, what, an 80 something year old man who is probably being listened to as he makes that 911 call, probably errantly to the to the perpetrator. To the, to the guy that had him essentially as a hostage. And um, he couldn't just tell the 911 operator, I've got a, I got a crazy loon here, you know, come send the police. He was trying to send the message subliminally. That's my interpretation. Maybe that's not yours. Maybe you think that there was really some, uh, some relationship there. If so, let me know. I just, it just didn't make sense based on what I saw. But then uh, in just a, just a flash, just a flash of a second, um, the guy breaks free clobbers him on the head, crushed his skull. And you next thing you see is the cops have him down and uh, he is uh, there with his feet. Actually, his tennis shoes are there on top of Pelosi's head and neck as Pelosi is just uh, out. He's, he's unconscious. Um, difficult stuff to see. And though I uh, resent the fact that insider trading of the type that the Pelosi's have been able to and Nancy Pelosi defends has gone on for a long time and that Paul Pelosi benefited from that, um, that he had a drunk driving uh, uh, incident. Despite that, no one deserves that to happen to them. And the man is still recovering and um, we, we wish him well. I, I just don't think that anyone deserves that. And I know that we all, um, while we may disagree, there comes a, a time when you have to say enough's enough. And uh, this guy should be hung by his, you know, it's a family show, even at this hour of the morning, but you know what I'm thinking. Um, so maybe they should do some transition surgery on uh, the perpetrator, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, Anton, am I being a little too rough early in the morning on the perpetrator of the Paul Pelosi incident or not? I mean, I think I think people like this just uh, needs to be uh, the excuse of craziness no longer holds when you have this kind of of uh, of just heinous action. What say you? Yeah, yeah I think that behavior is a little wild and erratic at this point. I have no words. Yeah. I cannot imagine myself in a situation like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's a little crazy. And, and you know, when you when you look at his when you look at his Pelosi's, um, you know, his facial expression. I had someone tell me, well, you know, he why would he be smiling? I think, you know, we've all had that nervous smile or that nervous expression where you're like, oh, my God, what's what's going on? Yeah. Here? It almost look like a smile. Yeah. I, I just can't think the guy was terrified. Don't you think? I believe so. I would be, too. I mean, can you blame him in a situation like that? Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> it's just crazy. I'm telling you, there are so many crazy damn people in this world. I don't know. So it's a many. world. I wish they wouldn't have. I wish they wouldn't have eaten that apple back in the garden. I, I, mean, I don't know what. The, which, I just know, had a conversation with. A, I just said the exact same thing on the way home from the station last night, and I was just like, "Start the rapture. <laughs> it's getting out of hand. <laughs> Something. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I just. You know, you got to stay out the way and drink why your water. People, why? Yeah, yeah. Drink your water. <laughs> drink your water. <laughs> yeah. Stay in your own lane. Stay Pretty much. Lane. You know, you yeah. tend to prosper in life when you drink a gallon of water a day and mind your business. And that is that is my life motto, especially like oh, for 2023. Good. Yeah. So you got to. So I think uh, I think the audience might like to get to know a little bit about you, Anton. Tell us a little. I know you've been in radio a long time, but uh, yes, we're at a, at a previous outlet. Tell us a little about yourself. Yes. So I've been 
in and out of radio for the last seven or eight years. I started in radio back when I was in college in 2016. I graduated from from the University of Missouri St. Louis, and I was the program director and station manager of UMSL Student Radio up until I graduated. I interned with Radio One, and then I started at our old home. Over at 971 back in 2019. I worked there up until 2021, moved to Dallas, Texas for a little while, and then I moved back to St. Louis. I've been back here for a while, and now I'm here. So it's been quite yeah. the journey, to say the least. Uh, yeah. Hey, the Dallas area is a, just a booming big area. It's and, uh, huge. Lots going on. Lots of traffic. The traffic isn't even the bad part. It's the driving that's the bad part. I'm so used to St. Louis, you can get pretty much anywhere in the St. Louis metro area in about 20 minutes, 25 on the high end if you're dealing with traffic. Everything is separated in Texas, so you have to drive everywhere that you want to go. It is a minimum of 20 minutes in any direction, so it is quite the task and the highways, you're driving 80 miles an hour minimum on the highway, so yeah, it was an adjustment. I think that was the most, probably the most difficult part. I like Dallas, but there's nothing like home. Nope, nothing like home, and there's nothing like St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis is what I call the Goldilocks size of a town. You know, I mean, small enough Explain to, that. like you say, you get around. Yeah, there are occasional traffic jams, and there's certain times when it's going to be a little slower than not. But, um, you know, you, you feel more like sort of that, that Midwestern small town feel, but plenty big to have all the amenities with Forest Park, the Art Museum, the Science Center, uh, you know, the Muni Opera, the Fox Theater. I could name in all of the entertainment venues, uh, you know, the, the St. Louis Blues. So it's just, um, yeah, I, 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 every time I come into town again, it's like, holy cow. Yeah, and I, those I are- do come out of the Liberty Lair once in a while. Uh, I do emerge <laughs> from the Liberty Lair. You come out the shadows. I'm afraid that... Um, yeah, with the, well, you know, as you can see, it's a little bit stark here, but uh, we uh, we switch studio locations, and so I have to uh, I have to do some decorating. But I uh, I try to I, you know it's well bunkered, highly fenced, well armed, and highly provisioned for the day when the weaponized DOJ doesn't just come for you know uh, Republicans in high places when they start coming for us because we happen to be on a conservative talk outlet, you know. So uh, that you know, but when I I love coming coming uh, in and, and visiting mom and visiting my brother and sister and and uh, man it just it's so good so you know what you know Vic Purcelli was the one who started this uh, this phrase as we head out here and then we'll come back and talk with Betsy Brantner Smith gotcha uh, you know what that is Anton welcome home welcome home that to our audience and I say that to you welcome home Anton <laughs> thank Anton's you I appreciate it and <laughs> what you basically just and, told the audience this morning is that you double as Batman yeah <laughs> you come out the shadows you do your thing and then you disappear you go back so All yeah, right. I'm, well, uh, yeah. That, does that make you Alfred or Robin today? I don't know. <laughs> you know, Robin got a lot of flag, but I was a Robin fan. I like Robin, so I take Robin. Yeah, I deal with that. Robin I, was I, cool. I can rock with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, there's Anton. I'm Randy Tobler. We're the Randy Tobler Show. Thanks for being with us. Sergeant Brett, Betsy Brantner Smith, National Police Association, coming up, and so much more. All morning here on 1019-941 News Talk STL. Welcome home. We continue to talk about law and order and the lack of it increasingly in this country. And there's no one better to tap into what in the world's going on in that realm than Sergeant Betsy Brantner Smith, spokeswoman for the National Police Association. How are you doing, Betsy? Thanks for being with me. 
Hey, thanks for having me back. I sure appreciate it. You know, we it just seems like whether it's shootings in California, whether it's lootings in San Francisco, I mean, the vandalism and, and larceny in San Francisco, it's just riots in uh, Atlanta. And now it seems like some kind of coordinated anti-cop uh, riot uh, uh, protocol we're seeing in other cities. This thing's getting out. Of, I mean, it's already been out of hand, but it's escalating to the point that it's like a pressure cooker. What is going on with cop city protests? What is that all about? Well, Cop City is what the uh, what Antifa and other activists have dubbed the 381-acre um, uh, complex that is being built in DeKalb County, Georgia. Of course, this is Atlanta, and you know this this was all planned. Uh, I think it was over two years ago. And uh, what they're doing is they're building classrooms and an active shooter training facility and a driving track, all those things that law enforcement officers need. Let's go back to uh, post-George Floyd when we had so many people in this country, politicians and media and actors saying, cops need more training, they need to do this, they need to do that. Let's go to Uvalde, Texas, where everybody said, why weren't these cops trained properly to deal with an active shooter? What's Atlanta, Georgia trying to do? They're trying to build a state-of-the-art training facility so that cops can learn how to do their jobs better. But what we have are these little echo protesters, and then we have the infiltration of Antifa coming in. They shot a state trooper, and, and what happened? One of the activists got shot and killed because of that. Then we had protests in Boston, and I just saw an hour ago that we're going to have related um, protests in LA and I think that you are absolutely right that this is going to blow up probably over the weekend or next week if American law enforcement doesn't get a handle on it. I would think if if I was an officer in training, I, I would cherish a state-of-the-art facility that would probably feature not only best practices, but best practices utilizing, you know, the very latest technology to to keep the public safe, to keep me safe, and to, you know, root out the bad guys. Uh, and I just, the very community, I mean, Atlanta and, and other urban areas and metropolitan areas are where the, the very, the very um, nature of, of the of the cr- criminality in that area is concentrated, and yet these people that are protesting are are counterproductive, aren't they? Because the people that need the protection are not going to get it with these kind of activities. Well, and that's a problem. And I believe what is happening. You know, they talk about oh, the police officers or the actually the community, the city is destroying the 381 acres of forest. Have you ever been to Georgia? The whole place is forest. <laughs> so there's plenty of forest in Georgia. There's plenty of forest in that area. But what you have is a couple of things. First of all, you have a bunch of squatters that have tent camps in that 381 acres. They don't want to have to move because they don't want to have to pay for an apartment. They don't want to have to live like normal society lives. And then I believe that you have, you know, Antifa and and somewhat to a lesser degree Black Lives Matter activists who really haven't had much to protest uh, in, in the last several months, really to the last year. And they need something to protest because that's how they get paid. That's how they get satisfied. You know, remember, a lot of these Antifa people that were arrested, six out of the seven that were arrested in Atlanta, Georgia, were not even from the area. So you just have people that are going to travel around 
They're going to protest, you know, and let's not forget that we had a uh, the uh, House Minority Whip, uh, Catherine Clark's son, was arrested in Boston defacing a monument in uh, in the city, you know, to putting ACAB on it, which stands for All Cops Are Bastards. Oh. These are people with nothing to do. These are people with no morality that want to attack American law enforcement and continue on with the two and a half years of the demonization of this profession, of the people who have been trying to go out and keep you and me safe. Well, to their credit, the officials down there, the prosecution and the, the, the system has only granted bond to two of the six suspects. The other, uh, who are charged with domestic terrorism, uh, have not been granted bond, which, you know, that's, if, if there's any positive news, at least they weren't released like they tend to do in places like New York. <laughs> so that's good. But you, you raise a good point about the nature of these people. These are professional. I don't, we shouldn't use the word protesters, right? Even though the mainstream media or the, the legacy media wants to use that these are terrorists they're professional terrorists at some level and you know what's worrisome to me and i have to admit i'm sort of old-fashioned even though my wife is capable of lifting the 40 pound dog food out of the back of her truck she's capable of doing things i, I tend to do that i tend to open doors for women forgive me for that three of the three of these domestic terrorists were young ladies and i'm sorry that just makes it even worse for me i mean what have we come to it's just it's like mad max isn't it around the the, the whole terrorism industry at this point well again when you look at these activists let's look at those three young women modern feminism is telling them to be angry and to go out and and uh and you know activate and be angry and this and that they're part of the the uh, you know I have no doubt that they are part of the abortion um, you know we've got to be able to do what we want pro abortion pro this anti bail anti incarceration uh, movement around this country but and, but I want to point one thing out to people that I hope they're noticing you know something that you said is very important most of those rioters those terrorists because they were charged with terrorism they weren't let out. This Atlanta is not Portland, Oregon. And I hope that people are recognizing when you deal with protesters and, and we did my agency 20 years ago, you know, what we did when we arrested them, we put them in jail. We got the prosecutors to keep them there. And then we prosecuted them. And you know what? They stopped coming to our town. And I think that's where Atlanta is headed. Yeah, I think what I heard there was a plea for the public to put pressure on prosecutors to back the police up when they arrest these thugs, these rioters, these whatever kind of crime they arrest them for. Let's back them up because, I mean, it can't be more frustrating than to see these people, you know, you you, you put your life at risk uh, to protect the public. You bring them in, you haul them in, and depending on the jurisdiction, they might be out on the street in a couple hours. I mean, it's just, it's outrageous. So I think it is incumbent on the public to really put the pressure on prosecutors. And if it means a recall, like we saw in San Francisco, so be it. And mm -hmm. even better, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, people need to understand that when we let these people out on uh, low cash bail or no cash bail, they come out and they tend to reoffend. And it's not just cops. They're attacking, although 60,000 police officers every year are uh, are assaulted in this country. But mostly what are these career criminals doing? They're assaulting, they're victimizing our citizens, us, you and me. And that's what American law enforcement is trying to stop. And I think that's what most people in this country 
want. They want good law enforcement and they want to just go about their daily lives not worrying about being victimized by some thug or some Antifa activist or whatever it is. And I'm, I really applaud Atlanta, Georgia and that area for taking these uh, terrorist activities seriously. And I hope that, that this weekend, as this continues, I hope they take it seriously in Boston and L.A. and undoubtedly Portland and Seattle because they protest everything. Wherever it is, I hope these cop city protests are met with the full force of the law. Talking with Sergeant Betsy Brandler-Smith, uh, a spokeswoman for the National Police Association. I got to ask you something. What What do you know? Is there a, is there a, a general profile? You mentioned earlier these 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 rioters, these in this case domestic terrorists. Thank God they're charged with that. And I think we need to. I hope everyone, uh, prosecutors out there, are listening. Um, are these trust fund babies who have nothing better to do? Who's funding them? I mean, you got to eat. You have to put clothes on your back. You have to go from Spokane, Washington, and Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, they're from all over. Only one was from Decatur in Georgia. The rest were from all over the country. I mean, how, where do these people get their substance? Who Who is funding these people? Do you know? Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, and and for decades, what we've seen is again, these are trust fund babies. These are these are uh, in in my jurisdiction. We used to have these protesters that would come, and they said that they were echo protesters and this and that. And they'd all pull up in their parents' SUVs uh, with their Visa credit card to stay at the nicest hotels in town, and then they would come and protest whatever it is they want to protest. But here's the thing, Antifa is fairly well funded. A lot of Antifa members uh, are working professionals, college educated working professionals, and they do this on vacation. Uh, you know, others are, again, like you said, trust fund babies. But, you know, there are organizations like George Soros's Open Society uh, organization mm. that funds these things just like the, that organization and others fund those bail programs for people like we saw now Vice President Kamala Harris uh, talk about during the George Floyd riots in uh, Minneapolis, you know, and she encouraged people to give money to those bail funds. It's all that same ilk. It's people, and, and who are these people? These are people that are disenfranchised, that are dissatisfied with their lives, and, and, you know, quite frankly, they were either radicalized by their parents or by the education system. Uh, it's unlikely that they, they have uh, any bit of God or religion in their lives. They probably don't really uh, have much of a family structure. And they're angry. These were people that were extremely badly affected by the pandemic, by the shutdown. And now we have this. There's a lot of mental illness in these in these quote unquote activists, as well as we saw with uh, you know Catherine Clark's uh, son or daughter. We're not really sure which he or she is. And uh, um, you know we've got to get a handle on this, but we can't tolerate this national hissy fit because Atlanta Police Department's building a police training center 
in a wooded area in DeKalb County, Georgia. It's crazy. Your thoughts about consecutive days of mass shooting in the Asian community in California. And of course, right away, there were and there will be ongoing call for gun control. It's become just the, the M.O. of the left every time that there's an event like this. Um, what are your thoughts? Is this just one off? These apparently, I think, was one a 72-year-old shooter. The other, I think, was a senior as well. Is this more of a cultural problem? And, and or is there something else going on? because of the location that these occurred and maybe their general policing. What do we know about it? Well, yeah, these these are these shootings are horrific. We had three mass shootings um, in California in the last 24 hours, um, two in the Asian community, two, um, like you said, senior citizens, male Asians. Um, the first one uh, was uh, appears to be a domestic uh, dispute, Monterey Park, you know, a domestic dispute gone horribly wrong. Half Moon Bay appears to be some sort of worker dispute and the people that were killed by the 66-year-old Asian man, Asian male suspect, um, they were Chinese and Hispanic um, farm workers. Um, but then again, you had a third shooting, seven people injured, one dead in Oakland. The, the suspect was not uh, Asian and I don't think is in custody. But I want to point out to people that California is the most gun controlled state in this nation. And yet we have these three mass shootings. Now, Chicago has a mass shooting a week, pretty much. Chicago, Illinois, where I come from. Nobody gets excited about it. The governor doesn't come and make any statements. Um, We're just used to that kind of life. And uh, we've got to understand that just because Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, thinks that guns are a problem in his state doesn't mean guns are the problem. What is the problem? Societal issues. Um, Again, a, a, a broken criminal justice system that is far more pro criminal than it is pro law and order, pro crime victim, pro law enforcement pro-American constitution. That's the problem. And you talk about a broken criminal justice system, the experiment of liberalizing punishment and the age at which people are are charged as adults uh, is another issue. I was reading something from the Manhattan Institute the other day that after the the movement to raise the age, uh, I guess there's been New York State had enacted it and other places are considering or have done it. As you know, I guess what they do, they raise the age of criminal responsibility from 16 to 18 in that event. And guess what happens the year after? Criminality in the 16 year olds go up. <laughs> in the, you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. I mean, we've done the experiment, haven't we, Sergeant Brandon Smith, that we've done the experiment of liberalizing and having a soft touch. That is not working. When is the system and when are the decision makers going to realize that? And that's why Lady Justice wears a blindfold. This this great experiment that we've been doing, uh, you know, of restorative justice for the last two and a half years has failed miserably. You know what, folks? Let's just admit it and go back to a blindfolded Lady Justice and a punitive criminal justice system where if you commit a crime, you get punished. 
and we don't look at how you were raised or the color of your skin or what gender you identify with or any of that. We look at your crime and we look at the law and we look at your crime victim and then you get punished and we do whatever we can to restore that crime victim not restore you, the criminal who wasn't breastfed long enough or whatever your societal issue is. <laughs> Amen. And with, and with that homily, we will let it go. <laughs> Sergeant Betsy Brandersmith, it's all it's always a delight, and uh, we will uh, we will we'll cherish uh, this and every time we talk with you. And thank you for being there to help uh, speak for the National Police or the National Police Association and a nonprofit that supports law enforcement and as well for the public safety that you all are about keeping despite all the headwinds thank you very much appreciate it thanks for having me so people are acting crazily and we, you know we talked about it with sergeant betsy brantner smith and she is just awesome in terms of really defending our our public safety officials that have just been taking it on the chin and i mean yeah there are those anecdotal cases, and we saw it in Memphis with that video of the Memphis policemen, five of them, just brutalizing this young man, Tyree Nichols, did not have any priors, apparently was pulled over for reckless driving. We didn't have that on the videos that were released last night. But, uh, man, to, 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 the, the, the video cam on the on the, the, the camera that was on a, on a telephone pole, sort of the wide-angle view, uh, as well as the close-up view, just shows them kicking and brutalizing this young man who then died a few days later. This happened about three weeks ago now. Uh, the five officers have been charged with um, with second-degree murder, and um, I, it's just those kind of incidents, sadly, are one-offs. We know that. Most police officers, are uh, they, they have high, high bars before which they get violent with a perpetrator. Uh, but you take a one-off, and we've got the Antifa crowd. We have people in the very communities that need the most policing and that have the most violence. You're going to see the Ferguson effect, I'm afraid, after this event of, uh, of uh, three weeks ago just exposed last night when uh, the communities and, and people trying to rile them up um, reject them. And then the violence steps up. We've seen a rise in juvenile crime. It has been like none we've seen in decades in just the last couple of years. Uh, and uh, again, the police are standing down now and they're not going into the uh, the, the, the belly of the beast, the, the, the communities that have the roughest and uh, the gang wars, uh, the, the, the drug wars. Uh, it's just awful to see. But people will act crazy. Anton shared with me something that I didn't know existed. And yes, it is craziness, and it's sanctioned, at least by a number of people. It's popular. I don't know if you'd heard about it. We'll talk about it when we come back on the Randy Tobler Show. <laughs> I'm, I'm Randy. There's Anton. We'll be back in just a little bit on 1019-941 News Talk STL. Randy Tobler with you here on News Talk STL. I'm telling you, uh, there is a lot going on. We're keeping our eyes on the violence that may follow. Well, certainly there were uh, semi-peaceful protests uh, in Memphis last night after the uh, the video cam, the body cam was released of the, the brutal beating of this young man, Tyree Nichols. Um, and it just it pains me to see the violence that goes on in America when a country that is so prosperous and has so much going for it in terms of the the, the human resources we have, the raw 
materials we have in this country, the geographic diversity and the beautiful opportunities people have, whatever their choices are, and the Constitution that gives people as amended and as uh, liberated uh, and, um, you know, adjusted and tweaked as it should have been, has given uh, this country and its people the opportunity to do whatever they feel and their feel is their God's destiny. And um, I only hope that in the wake of this, and especially because I think that the people who, who were, were turning, you know, various incidents into what led to the summer of 20 uh, into a racial matter, I think that now the incidents of this, you know, this that were released last night, where you have five black officers who, for reasons unknown to me, just lit into this kid. And I don't know what happened. There were some things that weren't recorded. It's it's a it's a it's a problem that we need to really address in terms of the, the division we have in our country between people. And I'm hoping and I keep praying, literally, I pray that people can get along and agree to disagree without the violence that seems to become so so normative. Well, speaking of normative violence, producer Anton shared with me something that I hadn't seen. And he saw something in the, on uh, Anton, on your Facebook profile, I saw it and I thought, my God, we got to talk about this. The slap competition. The slap this competition. Guy, I, I've never seen, I didn't know that this existed. Slap competition. Is this like a, like a WWE, uh, you know, like a MMA, but it's slapping people it's, until they're unconscious? It's literally a slapping competition. So it, yeah, you, you slap the life out of each other until somebody either falls unconscious and cannot continue and as far as I know that's pretty much the basis of it I've been seeing it on like Instagram reels and on like Facebook reels which is where you know where we saw that at and I never paid attention to it but it was just that specific video how he went down like a sack of potatoes once he got hit that really stuck with me and I was just like wow why and that was my caption when I posted it, you know, what you saw. And I was just like, <laughs> for what for what reason would this be a sport? So I get on the I get on the slap Facebook page. It's just Facebook.com slash slap. Eight thousand likes, thirty six thousand followers, and the first post up there from the twenty sixth says the week two monster slap of the week goes to AJ Hints. And <laughs> I mean these people just like they they wind up the slapper winds up with and just gives a person a haymaker and, and they got it in slow motion and the guy falls down i mean it's just i why would you submit yourself to this and i guess it's how long whoever can withstand the most and the toughest slaps is i guess the winner before you go down i mean pretty much what in the world it, oh i mean God, this it's is no like the gladiators it's no it's really no different than like boxing or MMA because the exact same thing can happen to you at this point it's just like an open hand swing as opposed to yeah, a, yeah. a fist so in that regard it's not too far off it's actually like a watered down version of boxing when you think about it but I think it's because it's an actual slapping competition and you see two people going back and forth slapping each other as hard as they can that makes it so interesting <laughs> as opposed to actual boxing where you know you got two people in the ring and they square it up and there's actual footwork and technique going on no there's just two people standing at a table slapping each other <laughs> Yeah, well, on this one, though, the thing is, the guy that is being slapped, or, and hey, it's not just dudes. There's no, it's not. doing this. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe it. There's gals that are just standing there, and they stand there with their hand behind their back, 
and there's a little like a like a little table between them, like a like a almost like a cocktail table, a tall cocktail table at the at the bar. And and one person just winds up and gives a haymaker to the other person. And the guy, if he walks away, he's like, yeah, 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 I didn't fall out. It's like, oh. and then it's his turn to slap the original guy that slapped him. Holy cow. And it's, it's, and it's all downhill. It's a back and forth battle, so to speak from there it is and the quite thing the show is, i'm sitting here watching one after another on their post i don't know what you yeah it, pages like that will do that to <laughs> you and just end up going down a rabbit hole of like watching <laughs> video after video it happens all the time that i call it the tiktok effect because you know that's yeah. you know instagram and that's facebook right. have adopted um tiktok's model in terms of reels like that and before you know you've you're like 50 videos in yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't I don't get onto the TikTok thing for a couple of reasons. I don't uh, I tend to have an immersive personality. I mean, if I if I get into a hobby, it's like I go ask my wife. We've got uh, we've got so many hobby uh, you know, toys. You know how guys love our toys, right, yes. Anton? And yes, sir. I get into a hobby, man, I immerse into it and and once I become fairly proficient at it, then I'm just like, okay, now I got to find something else. See, and that's, I know that I, I'm an immersive guy, so uh, I, I'm careful. I don't get onto TikTok because I know I'd be there, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes later. You'll hey, be there uh, forever. speaking of uh, people uh, saying things that maybe, and doing things that they certainly wouldn't want their mother to see, uh, this guy, uh, <laughs> this director of, uh, of, uh, of R&D at Pfizer, uh, that uh, that was caught on camera at Veritas project by Project Veritas talking about really what amounts to gain of function uh, surreptitiously. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they loosen these guys up with some drinks. And then uh, you may have seen or heard some of this. Uh, let's play this first clip. This is this guy. He's a research and development guy, the guy who is in charge of the MRNA, you know, scientific advancement. Here's what he told Project Veritas. Clip one, Anton. Parents deserve as many options as humanly possible. The more options a parent has, the better chance the child has of succeeding in life. Your zip code should not determine the quality of your life. And today, millions and millions of kids are trapped in poor, underperforming schools simply because of their zip codes. Thank God for states like South Carolina and Iowa, Florida, and others who are championing the cause that I've been championing for the last 10 years, the cause of school choice. All right. Well, listen, I had to, I labeled the wrong clip there. My bad. Uh, but we'll, we'll get into the Project Veritas stuff at the top of the hour. That was Tim Scott, and we'll be wanting to talk about that, too. Hey, thanks for being with me. I'm Randy Tobler. There is Anton, and he's in for Leah. We're the Randy Tobler Show. We'll be back and, and dissect that Project Veritas uh, clip uh, right after the top of the hour. Stay there. Well, you can't tell by the way I used to. 